This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Good morning. Welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ this morning. For those of you who are visiting with us and maybe a little bit confused, I am not Jason Darden. Uh, Jason's a little bit shorter, a little better looking. Uh, but he's here pretty much every other Sunday. So I wanted to take a moment to, uh, <laughs> to thank the elders for allowing me to come before you this morning and bring you another portion of God's Word. Uh, when Lizzie and I decided that we were going to be relocating, one of the first things I said was, man, maybe they'll let me preach just one more time before we go. So I'm going to be honest, I practically begged Jason to take a day off. Uh, this month. And today being his birthday, it just kind of worked out that he was uh, able and willing to take the day off. So I got one last opportunity to come before you this morning. Um, before we get started with the lesson this morning, I wanted to give you just a quick update because I know multiple people have been asking this morning. Um, we are moving forward with our plans to relocate to Phoenix. And I just wanted to share with you that uh, God has definitely had his hand in every step of this process. It's been an amazing journey. Um, it's definitely had some ups and downs, and we've definitely encountered some hurdles along the way. But I'm just so thankful that this must be what God has in store for us because every time we've run across an obstacle, we've run, run across a hurdle, he's actually removed that from the way for us. So just giving praise to God this morning. Uh, just came back from Phoenix actually last night, and I'm thankful to say I found a job. Uh, <laughs> those of you... <laughs> Those of you that know me, I've been very, very stressed. Um, we're moving because my wife got an opportunity to teach, and my wife has always wanted to be a teacher, and I knew that she would never be truly happy uh, until she was able to, to use her gifts and to become a, an elementary school teacher. And when she got that opportunity, um, you know, I've been a little bit stressed out because I didn't have a job, and I've never quit a job without having another job. So I'm very pleased, uh, thanking God this morning that I was able to find a job and we're able to uh, go ahead and make this relocation possible. Um, it's, it's very bittersweet, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm going to miss this church. I'm going to miss my church family. I'm going to miss my youth group. Um, that was really part of the hardest part of this decision was uh, our church family here. So just thank you so much for all of your support through this process. Um, I can honestly say I've seen God work miracles through this process, and I just can't believe that he's rewarding our faith in the way that he has. And I'm just so pleased to move forward with the process. But again, very bittersweet. We won't be here next week, but we'll be back on May 31st um, for our last time to worship with you folks. So I'm just so happy to, uh, to share that news with you guys. Um, as we dive into the lesson this morning, uh, the lesson's entitled Overcoming Giant Problems. And we all face problems. We all face trials. We all face tribulations. And my problems are different than your problems. And your problems are different than your neighbor's problems. But that doesn't make them any less of a problem, right? We all struggle with something. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's an unhealthy addiction. Maybe it's financial problems. Whatever the case may be, we all face obstacles. We all face our own giants. And what may not seem like a giant problem to me may be a huge problem to you. Have you ever been in that spot where maybe you're struggling with your finances and it's all you can think about? Right? And some people may say, well, that's not that big a deal. You get paid in two weeks. But to you in that given situation, it's everything, right? And it's all you can think about. And it is truly a giant problem. So what we're going to look at this morning for the basis of, of my sermon will be the story of David and Goliath. And I know that's a very common story. And I know we all know that story, so I'm not going to put you through reading the entire chapter. 
um, because it is rather lengthy. And I think we all know the story. But what I wanted to remind you about this morning before we watch just a, a short clip about David and Goliath is a couple of things. Number one, these stories that are in the Bible aren't just there for entertainment. They aren't fairy tales. These are actual events that took place, and they're recorded in the Bible for a reason, and that reason is because there is a lesson that we can be learned from that. So we're not going to focus today on the story of David and Goliath so much, because you guys all know that story. Some would even say, well, it's kind of a children's story. And that's true, but what we want to focus on today is what were the tools that David used to overcome his giant? And that's what we're going to look at this morning. So I want to start off with a verse to kind of set the tone, and that's going to be 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. That is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And what I want you to glean from this verse is that we were designed to overcome the world, not to be overcome by the world. And that's what I really want to focus on this morning is how do we do that. So Mike, if you would, can you run that video for me, please? Not one of God's people. I'll do it. David. You're no soldier, you're a shepherd. Yes, a shepherd. As I protect my sheep, God will protect me. Where is your faith? Where is your God? I will kill him. Need this. I'll be better without it. Yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. You are with me. My rod and staff, they comfort me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Again, I think we're all pretty familiar with the story of David and Goliath. And again, we're not going to focus today on the story 
as we're going to focus on how was David able to do what he did? How was he able to equip himself for this challenge that laid ahead of him? How do we equip ourselves to face our giants? Obviously, our giants are not going to be a nine-foot, nine-inch man on the field of battle. But again, our giants could be the problems that we're facing, the struggles that we're facing, the things that we need to overcome in our personal lives. Those are our giants. So the first thing I want to look at this morning is going to be overcoming giants requires us to have a different perspective. So a different perspective. And that comes from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. If you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel 17, 22 and 23. It says, David left his things with the keeper of the supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brother how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from the lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. So David had a different perspective than the rest of the army. The armies had been out there fighting this battle every day. They had seen what had happened. They knew that they couldn't fight Goliath. So David came in with a different perspective, right, because he hadn't been there. He came in with a fresh perspective. He was looking at this from a different side. He wasn't looking at this as someone who was insurmountable or someone who could not be overcome because he had that fresh perspective. And sometimes that's really, really important for us to have a different perspective on things. So how do we do that? We seek out others, right? Just like David sought the Word of God, sometimes if we seek out a second opinion or a fresh perspective, it will help us to see things in a different light. David looked at Goliath and said, he's not too big to hit, he's too big to miss. And what an interesting form of perspective that was. Because everybody else said, you can't defeat the giant. You can't beat someone that big. And David said, he's too big to miss. And sometimes that different perspective is so important for us. Just this past week, uh, we were at our small group Bible study. And my brother Dan, who does such a great job of this, we were talking about a situation and we were looking at it from the standpoint of where I felt like I was at in that situation. And he saw it in a completely different light. He totally saw that perspective as a different light, a different perspective. And that's so important for us when we're facing our problems. Sometimes we need a different perspective, right? Sometimes we've been dealing with that problem for so long, maybe we've even lost track of what the actual problem is because we've spent so much time worrying about it and so much time stressing about it. Sometimes we forget what the heart of that problem really is and we need to step back and we need to seek out others. Seek out our brothers and sisters in Christ because they're able to give us sometimes that fresh perspective that we need to help us overcome. The second thing that I want to look at is the difference with David was is he looked at things from a God-level perspective, okay? And sometimes I think that we forget that. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our problems and how they affect us, we forget that sometimes our problems are actually a God-level problem, a God's viewpoint problem. So if we read 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, verse 26, it says, David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending the defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? So David saw his army as the army of the living God. He didn't see it as his army. He didn't even see it as the army of the Israelites. He saw it as God's army and how dare someone go against what God's will was. 
And sometimes that's what we have to look at is not only how does this problem affect us as a person, but how does this look in the big picture of things? How does it affect our relationship with God? If someone's attacking us, are they just attacking us? Or are they attacking God as well? Because when God is on our side, they're not only attacking us, but they're also attacking God as well. So sometimes we need to step back and have that kind of God-level perspective and look at it the way that God looks at it. Because we let problems such as finances and problems such as relationships and things like that kind of overcome us, right? And those are the types of things that pull us down sometimes and we lose our focus on the bigger picture, which is God and what his will for us is. Sometimes we lose that because we get so worked up about what our problems are. But we need to take a look sometimes and see how does this affect from a God-level standpoint? And that's why David was able to beat Goliath, right? Because he had God on his side and he was looking at it from a God-level perspective. Again, He's not too big to hit. He's too big to miss. That's how we look at things from a God-level perspective. The next thing is we have to be willing to be misunderstood. If you follow with me in 1 Samuel 17, verse 28, it says that when David's older brother heard him speaking with the man, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is, and you came down here only to watch the battle. So here David was willing to step forward in this time of need and take on the biggest, most powerful of the opposing army. And what happened? The people around him, the other people in the army, his own family said, you can't do that. What are you thinking? You're too little. You're just a boy. You cannot take on a giant. So David was looking at it from a God-level perspective, but nobody else was, and nobody was supporting him. We saw in the video that he was mocked, and he was laughed at. And sometimes that happens with us, right? When we're facing problems, people don't always want to get on board with us, right? They don't want to help us. They don't want to be there for us. They want to criticize, and they want to try and knock us down, and they want to make fun of us sometimes. So we have to be willing to be misunderstood. I'll give you a perfect example. I am, when we go to Phoenix... I'm going to go back to school because I I want to be a preacher. I want to get into ministry, and I want to do that full-time at some point. So I've taken a sales position in the meantime in order to basically finance my schooling so that I can go back to school and be a preacher. And I talk to people almost every day, and they say things like, why would you want to be a preacher? Why would you want to do that? Preachers don't make any money. That's okay. I'm not trying to make any money, but I'm trying to follow what God is calling me to do despite all the people that are saying, Aaron, you're too old to change careers. You're too old to be a preacher. You don't have the schooling. You don't have the background. But I don't want to let those things stand in my way. Because one day, the good Lord willing, I make it to heaven. If one person, one person comes to me and says, Aaron, I'm here because of you, then it's all worthwhile. Every bit of it is worthwhile. Even if I never made a dime in the ministry, to me, that would be completely worth it if just one person says, I'm here because of you. I can't think of a more a greater compliment than to help someone achieve the kingdom of heaven, than to help someone to be saved. And that's why every day we share our testimony with other people. And that's why we share the word with other people. But there's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be someone there to tell you that you can't or that you shouldn't or that you won't. But God gives us that courage to say, yes, I will. And yes, I can. And that's so important when we're trying to overcome problems that we know that with God, all things are possible. 
right? We used to say that every Sunday morning here at the church. With God, all things are possible. But how true is that? When we have an opportunity to use the power that we've been given, we can overcome any obstacles. We can overcome our giants. We can overcome the problems that seem so insurmountable at the time. When we remember that we have God on our side, nothing's impossible. And that was the difference with David. Despite everyone else telling him, you can't, you won't, you're too small. They mocked him. They basically said, good luck, it's never going to work. And that happens to us every day. And we have to remember that when we have God on our side, that we can overcome those types of things. The next thing I want to look at is we learn to deal with giant problems by dealing with smaller problems, right? We face smaller problems every day. Little things. We aren't asked to kill a giant every day. We aren't dealing with the insurmountable type huge problems on a daily basis. And those smaller problems that we deal with, that we learn to deal with, are what prepare us when that situation comes and we have those bigger, larger scale problems. If you would turn with me to verse 34, and I know we're kind of skipping ahead in the story here, but if you turn to verse 34, it says, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from his flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When, I turned, when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killing it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This Philistine will be like one of them because he has denied the armies of the living God. So David had the confidence going into this battle because he had killed lions before and he had killed bears before and he had had practice at using his sling and using his stones to protect the flock. Because remember, back in these days, David was a shepherd. That's how they did it. That, that sheep, the sheep were very, very important to them and they were willing to do whatever it takes to protect them. So they would protect them. So how do we deal with that? How do we make sure that when those giant problems come, that we're ready to overcome those things? And we do that through our smaller struggles. David immersed himself in the Word of God. He knew the Word of God. He knew how to rely on that strength. And we have to do the same thing. As we deal with our smaller problems and the little things in life, we learn to lean on God. We learn to trust God. And we do that through knowing the Scriptures. We do that through meditation. We do that through prayer. And we do that through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what David did. Because again, it wasn't David's physical strength that won the battle. It was that David had God on his side, and we have God on our side. And if we know that, and we're immersing ourselves in the Scriptures, and we're being prepared, when these big problems come, now they're not such big problems anymore because we know how to deal with those problems. And that's why God gives us these smaller tests. That's why God gives us the little things that we're able to overcome. And when we get through with those things, we think, ah, oh, I did it. But did we really do it, or did God do it? And that's what we need to be, be mindful of. If you would, we're going to leave 1 Samuel for just a moment. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. So Matthew 25, 21. And it says, The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling a small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So again, when we have these little problems, it's God preparing us. When he sees that we can deal with the little problems, 
He knows that we're ready for the big problems. There's always a saying, and, and sometimes people find comfort in this in their times of need, that God gives his toughest battles to who? His strongest soldiers, right? So we learn to deal with these smaller things so that we're prepared when these larger things come. The fifth thing that I want to look at this morning as far as overcoming our giants is that it takes full commitment. It takes full commitment in order to overcome our giants. So we're going to jump back into 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, in verse 47, and it says, Everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. David was fully committed to killing the giant. He didn't just say it. He didn't go halfway. He did it. He did what he said he was going to do, and he used his strength in the Lord and gave God the glory, and he was able to accomplish it, but he saw it all the way through. He said he was going to do it, and he did it. And sometimes that's where we fall short, right? Because we have all these great plans, and we have all these great expectations, and I want to be a preacher. But if I don't take that through to fruition, then I'm not giving it full commitment. And if we don't give it full commitment, we're not going to accomplish our goals. We're not going to overcome our giants, just like David wouldn't have. What would have happened if David had said, I will fight you, and stepped up to the giant and then changed his mind? What would have happened? The giant would have slayed David. I mean, let's just be honest, right? That's exactly what would have happened in that story had David not given it his full commitment. Had David not seen this all the way through to the end, then he would have ultimately been slain. But instead, the Bible uses this as an amazing example of using God to overcome our giants. And David was able to do that. And when we talk about full commitment, we think of, of course, Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ was our perfect example of full commitment because what did he do? He came to the earth, he walked as a man, and he died for our sins, right? He didn't come to the night before his, before his betrayal and say, ah, you know what? Maybe this isn't exactly what I want to do. I think this is going to hurt. No, full commitment. God had full commitment to us when he sent his only son down to earth to live as a man, right? God had full commitment. When he decided he was going to wipe out sin through his son, he did so. He had full commitment, just like we must have full commitment as well. The last verse I want to take a look at with you is Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 42. So Luke 22:42, And it says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet, I want your will to be done. So again, full commitment. And that's exactly what it takes for us. If we're going to ever have a chance of overcoming our giants, that's exactly what we must have. We must have full commitment. So sometimes we need a fresh perspective. Sometimes we need to look at things from God's standpoint and not our own. We need to have full commitment, and we need to take care of those smaller problems as they come along because that's what prepares us for those larger problems that are inevitably going to come at some point. But if we have the steps and we have the tools and we lean on God and we spend time in the word and we build up our faith when those problems come, we'll be ready for that. What I want to leave you with this morning is I have a video that I want to share with you guys. And it's a perfect example of someone who did not let their giant or their problems stop them from doing the word of God. So Mike, if you could run that video for me, please. 
I believe God's in control. And when life doesn't make sense, we know that God still has a plan, hope, and a future for each and every one of us. When God doesn't change a circumstance, we know that He can use it for good, that others may see the power of Christ in us. I've realized that God is more interested in changing my heart than my circumstance. And this is the purpose that we are called to live for to be a living testimony to those around us, that they can see the victory that we can live in by the power of His Holy Spirit. And maybe these challenges that are present in my life are not just for me to be more dependent on God, but to be an example and a visual aid of God's strength and victory through my weakness. When I was younger, I used to be adamant about being independent in my daily living. But now, I see that it's so much easier having a caregiver. And that gives me more time and energy to do the things that God's called me to do. When attempting to achieve your dreams, it seldom happens the first time. But those who succeed are the ones who never give up. What do you do when you fail? You try again. What happens when you fall down? You get back up. You do not know what you can achieve until you try it. In the beginning, there were many things I could not do. But because I chose to never give up, I now am living a life without limits. Some of you will recognize uh, who that is. His name is Nick Vujicic. And I had the opportunity to actually see him speak um, a couple years back. And this man goes something like 250 speaking engagements a year and he's been to every country in the world spreading God's word. And I just wanted to share this video with you as a reminder that sometimes we think we have big problems, right? We think we have giant problems. I can't spread the word of, of I can't spread the word of God because I'm not a preacher or I'm not a teacher. And we find excuses, we find limits of why we can't do things. We have these giant problems that we can't overcome. But I wanted to share this video with you of Nick as an example that Here's a man who was born with no arms and no legs. And if there was ever anyone that could say, I can't, it would probably be him. But he's overcome those things, and he's used his gifts and his abilities that the Lord gave him, and he spreads the gospel all over the world. And this is a guy who, who struggles just to do the little things that we take for granted on a daily basis. So he's overcome his giants. He's got giant problems. He really does. But what I want to remind you of is it makes our problems sometimes feel pretty small. Some of the things that we have built up in our mind as big problems or obstacles are maybe really not all that big. So the thing that I want to leave you with this morning is you have two options. You can defeat your giants 
or you can be defeated by your giants. And the choice is up to you. God gives us the tools, okay? God gives us the example. God gives us the instructions. The choice is up to us each day. Are we going to defeat those giants? Are we going to be defeated? Because as we talked about in the very first part of the lesson, we were designed to overcome the world, not to be overcome by it. This morning, we extend an invitation to you. Uh, If you have been struggling with your faith, and maybe you need to come and recommit yourself to the Lord, you have an opportunity to do that this morning. Or maybe you've never been baptized to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have an opportunity this morning to come forward, to be baptized. The baptistry is ready. The elders and myself are here to help you in any way that you can. But maybe you haven't taken that step of publicly professing your faith, to be baptized for remission of sins, to arise and walk in newness of life and to receive that gift of the Holy Spirit. You have an opportunity to do that this morning as we stand together and sing.